we're in this uh, life in the spirit, and and to be honest, I this series has been really life giving for me. And I had a hard time letting Cindy know which passage. Um, part of me wanted to have her read all of Romans, but we would have been here a while. Um, but I, yeah. So I actually want to do a quick survey. Um, there's so much good scripture about the Holy Spirit that is so encouraging, uh, inspiring. So, you know, if you if you have the time and you're so inclined, just like look at these verses, um, not just in Romans but elsewhere. But I'm gonna I want to do a quick quick survey of just um, the Holy Spirit in the Book of Romans. Uh, <laughs> Romans is a very deep and dense and rich theological book. Um, but we're just going to focus in on the, the Spirit. Um, the first verse we encounter about the Holy Spirit is Romans 1.4. And it says, Jesus Christ was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead according to the Spirit of holiness. So the Holy Spirit has this role in Jesus' resurrection. Uh, and, and I like to picture this Spirit, uh, Hebrew word ruach, his breath, and in Greek, it's pneuma, which is also breath or wind. So I just I picture Jesus in the tomb, and the Holy Spirit is like, <laughs> Jesus is like, Poof! and death is defeated, sin is defeated, and Jesus is alive, and the Holy Spirit's dancing in the grave, like, busting out that tomb. I don't know. That's that's just what comes to mind. So the Spirit, God the Father, Holy Spirit, Jesus, all present in that resurrection, and just death is defeated, sin is defeated. Uh, yeah, amen. And that's why we're here. Uh, and then uh, Romans 2.29, Paul is, in Romans, he's writing to uh, the church in Rome, which is made up of Jewish back, people from a Jewish background who've given their life to Jesus, and people from a Gentile. And it's kind of this crazy community, and Paul's trying to make sense of this and help people understand what's, what God's up to. Um, and so in, in 2.29, He's, he's talking about how, how God has a new covenant through faith. And he says one is a Jew. And what he means by that is one is in covenant with God, in a righteous covenant with God, who is one inwardly. And circumcision is that which is of the heart. So circumcision was a sign of, of the, the first covenant with Abraham. But now circumcision of the heart is what Paul is writing about, and that happens by the Spirit. So the Spirit comes and, and cuts away sin and death and, and aligns our heart to God um, with the affections and the desires to please God and to, to act according to Christ. Uh, then in Romans 5, 5, and when we touched on this a, a month ago, it says the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So the Holy Spirit is just animating the love of God so that we can experience it in our hearts, in our bodies, in our minds, in our spirit, but also so that the love of God is animated in us to flow out to others. Uh, and then chapter 8, I'm not going to touch on every verse. Chapter 8 is a lot about Holy Spirit. Uh, the big, thing, big things in chapter 8... The Spirit makes us free and alive to God rather than a slave to sin and death. And so we're invited to set our minds on the Spirit in the path of life and peace. 
and, and the Spirit leads us in pleasing obedience to God. Uh, another big thing in chapter 8 is that uh, we are moved from, from a spirit of slavery to sin into a spirit of adoption by which the Holy Spirit testifies within our spirit when we've given our lives to Christ. The Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are indeed children of God. We've got a new relationship with God. We are his beloved children. The Holy Spirit strengthens us in, our, in hardship, strengthens us in weakness. Uh, the world is still not as it should be as we await the, the fullness of Christ coming and his kingdom coming in fullness. And so the Holy Spirit strengthens us in our weakness as we persevere through trials. And then the Holy Spirit also intercedes for us. And if that's not a beautiful picture, I don't know what it is. The Holy Spirit interceding for us, praying for us searching our mind and our heart and harmonizing it and aligning it to God's heart and mind and God's will. Uh, and then there's the passage that, that Cindy just read, uh, 14, 17. Paul's dealing with this, as I mentioned earlier, he's Gentiles and, and, and Jews, and they all come from these different backgrounds, and there's a big deal about meat, um, culturally, religiously, and so people have different perspectives. Well, Jesus has set us free and we can eat whatever we want. And other people are saying, ah, not so sure about that because culturally that has some implications and, and I don't feel comfortable doing that. And Paul says, you need to determine that by faith. You need to pay attention. He says, the kingdom is not about what we eat or drink. So <laughs> just to picture this, um, for a number of years, we had people uh, who baked bread for our community and so grateful for those who did that. Uh, but we've got a number of people within our community who have severe gluten allergies. Uh, and and for, for all that time, they would bring their own bread so that they could participate in communion. Uh, a couple years ago, we decided, they, they didn't ask us to do this, uh, but we decided to make a shift to using gluten-free bread. And this, this bread that we're using this morning is gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free. Um, because we have people in our community who have allergies. And I know this isn't what Paul is talking about, but it is a, a, a picture of this. I have not heard one person complain about the bread. And I'm so grateful for that. Because it could be easy, like, man, that gluten-free bread does not taste like that good baked bread that we used to have. Um, but those who had the allergy said, no, it's, it's not about the bread. Like, we can bring our own bread. That's fine. We can still participate in communion because what matters is that we're in community with these people. And since we've made the shift, people say, yeah, it's not about the bread. It's about this is the body of Christ, and we're part of the body of Christ. The kingdom is not about food and drink, but the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness. The, all these words are very relational words. Righteousness, being in right relationship, in that covenant relationship with God and with one another. When we are moved into that place, we experience this joy. I talked uh, last gathering about joy. Joy being the feeling or the experience of being in the presence of someone who is glad to be with you the presence of someone, and that someone ultimately is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, 
who is always glad to be with you, who loves to be with you, who wants to be with you. And so we have that joy rising up in us as a community. And so what matters is not what we're eating and drinking. And there are probably lots of things that we could we could uh, apply that to, things that just really aren't all that important. The kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, then, and then Paul kind of doubles down on this joy and peace in 1513 as he's talking about the Spirit again. He says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is empowering us with hope and joy and peace again. And then later in chapter 15, Paul talks about how he's preaching Christ to the Gentiles and he's doing so in signs and wonders in the power of the Holy Spirit. So Paul's not just preaching Christ, but he actually has the power of Christ through the Holy Spirit to perform miracles, to heal people, to deliver them from uh, uh, spirits of oppression. And that serves to uh, birth faith in people that, hey, Paul just did this miraculous thing by this, the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe this person, Jesus, who he's talking about is real and he can transform my life. And then lastly in, in Romans, and I, I may have missed some, so you all can, can read and see if I missed some. But uh, lastly in 1530, 30, he says, now I urge you by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to, sh- to strive together with me in prayer to God. So pr- he's saying our prayer is motivated by love fueled by the Holy Spirit. So that's a, a quick survey of, of what Paul is inspired to write about the Holy Spirit in the book of Romans. Um, and as I've been uh, yeah, it feels like drinking from a fire hose in some ways. I don't know if I'm all the way, Dave talked about you know, going into the deep water. I'm not sure if I'm there yet, but I, I want to be there, and I want to keep moving. Um, but I've just been so encouraged personally about the new ways that I've been encountering the Holy Spirit, learning in Scripture who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit's up to, um, but more importantly, experiencing it in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And, and I, I'm hungry for more, and, and I hope that we as a community are hungry for more as well. Um, uh, yeah, last gathering, I, I talked about joy and talked about um, neuroscience of attachment theory uh, and, and how uh, many of these people who are studying neuroscience from a faith background see how this integrates with who God is and how God has designed us to be in relationship and joy is such a foundational piece for how our brains develop and how relationships uh, form secure attachment. And we have other styles of attachment too because we live in a broken world with broken relationships. But God can rewrite that. And, And as I've been learning about this, I see so much of the work of the Holy Spirit in this. Uh, The Holy Spirit so I just want to, I want to real briefly, well, maybe not briefly, but um, rather quickly, like just some real simple things, I think, of how the Holy Spirit works in us. One is the Holy Spirit grows intimacy with Jesus, grows intimacy with Jesus. As joy grows, we are moved into intimacy and agency. 
with God. And the Holy Spirit grows intimacy with Jesus. And we see this in, in Romans 5.5, 5, the love of God is poured out into our hearts. In Ephesians 3, Paul writes that we should be strengthened in our inner being through the Spirit to know the love of God. And not just, oh yeah, God loves me but to actually experience it in all its depth, in all its width, in all its fullness. And this is the work of the Spirit for us to actually encounter love, to feel it, to know it, to experience how unequivocally God is for us, how deeply he loves us. And so we form this intimacy with Christ because of what he's done for us and his desire to be with us. And last gathering, I talked about how the Holy Spirit then helps us to actually see with the eyes of faith to be able to see the face of Jesus. And it is not a still face. It's not a stone face. It's a face of grace. It's a face of compassion. It's a face of joy who delights to be with you. And yes, sometimes it's a face of concern because there is sin in our life and, and Jesus wants to get rid of that sin because he knows it's not good for us. And because he desires to be closer and closer with us. And the Holy Spirit grows intimacy with, with Jesus in us through joy. Through joy. Again, joy, the feeling and the experience of being in the presence of someone who is glad to be with you. Being with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is the whole narrative of Scripture. God created the world and created us because he desired to be with us. That all the love and the joy and the peace that exists between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit couldn't be contained. There's so much there. <laughs> we got to share this with someone other than us. So they created us because they want to be with us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit want to be with us. And yes, that relationship was broken through our sin. And through scripture, we see God continuing to work, to bring restoration, to bring healing, to try to realign our hearts. And then the ultimate, the ultimate statement of I want to be with you, that Jesus gives his very life to take away all that sin. Say, yes, you are made righteous through faith in me because I want to be with you that badly, that badly. So the Holy Spirit grows intimacy with Jesus through faith, through love, through joy, and the experience of Christ's healing and forgiveness, which frees us. The Holy Spirit also grows agency in us. So intimacy and agency grows agency in us that as we give our lives to Christ, the Holy Spirit then begins to transform us through that intimacy, through that love, through the joy that we are then transformed. In 2 Corinthians passage we looked at last gathering, as we look at the face of Christ, we are transformed into glory. We are transformed into his likeness to be more like him in all of his character and all of his attributes. And the Holy Spirit also gives us power to do what Jesus told us to do. And Jesus told us to do some pretty hard things, like love one another. I don't know if any of you have a hard time loving anybody. 
Maybe it's just me. Not just to love one another, but also to love our enemies, to be peacemakers. And the Holy Spirit works in us because as we're transformed, as we form that, that relationship of joy and love with Christ, we begin to be more secure in who we are. And so when we're offended by another, it's easier to offer forgiveness through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us power to do what Jesus told us to do. and gives us the knowledge. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will remind you of what I've told you. So there's knowledge, but there's also a desire and an ability to actually obey Jesus. Even when it's really, really hard. Even when everything in our flesh would say, I want to do something else. I think Dave Edwards mentioned this a few gatherings back, like instead of wanting to punch somebody, I, I, I want to extend a hug. Uh, and that's the power of the Holy Spirit, giving us the strength, the power, the desire, the knowledge and ability to obey Jesus and to manifest the kingdom in community. This, this, this community in Rome was, was ridiculous. The outside world looking on it, why are these people hanging out together? And, and Paul lets us know that there was conflict in all of these churches. But somehow the Spirit is empowering us if we continue to give our attention to the Spirit. We continue to seek His leading, giving power to this community to actually stay in relationship. Renew has long had this mantra that healthy community is not the absence of conflict but the presence of Jesus in the midst of it. And, and this food thing could have been a huge conflict in that community. But Paul's right, no, you have the Spirit, and the Spirit needs to form Christ in you. And so you need to interact with one another how Christ would interact with you. How dare you eat something if it's going to cause your brother or your sister to stumble? That's not the love of Christ in you. Be transformed through the power of the Holy Spirit in the kingdom of righteousness, joy, and peace. So the Holy Spirit grows agency in us to be transformed into Christ's likeness and to give us the power to do what Jesus told us. And the Holy Spirit also gives us agency to, by giving us divine power to do things that Jesus did. Just as Paul performs signs and wonders. And, and I, I sense that some of us are really hungry to see that. Some of us have have witnessed that. Uh, and some of us are like, that, that feels weird, and I'm not even sure if that's real for today. But I fully, fully, wholeheartedly believe it is real for today. And sometimes it's instantaneous, and sometimes that healing, that miraculous thing takes time. But it's still the Holy Spirit at work giving us the power to do the things that Jesus did, to bring healing, to bring deliverance into people's lives miraculous thing and, and <laughs> to do the things that Jesus did again to love our enemies that's a miraculous thing the Holy Spirit moving in us to love others and so this intimacy and this agency is overlapping <laughs> intimacy with Jesus grows agency with Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit and as we do the things that Jesus told us to do and the things that Jesus did we grow intimacy with Jesus we grow in relationship with him uh, I want to, that's all I have for this morning.
That's all I have. But what I would like to do is I would like to invite us into prayer. If you, if you desire any of those things, if you desire any of those things from the Holy Spirit, if you desire intimacy with Jesus, if you desire joy and peace with Christ through the Holy Spirit, if you desire righteousness, invite you to pray for the Holy Spirit to come and do those things. If you desire agency to do the things that Jesus commanded us to do, to act in the way of Christ toward anyone, to do the things that Jesus did, I invite you to pray. And if you're here this morning and you're like, I don't know about any of that. I'm just in a really hard space. This is still a time to pray, to invite the Holy Spirit to meet you Joy is not just in the happiness because God is still willing and wants to be with you even in whatever hardship you are dealing with. So you invite the Holy Spirit into that space as well. So I would love for, for us, if you just get into groups of two, three, four, five, whatever that may be, and if you feel led to pray, pray. And if you feel led to just listen to somebody else pray, listen. Pay attention to what the Holy Spirit might be saying and speaking as you pray. Spend some time listening as well. Yeah. yeah what do you mean by agency? Agency, so uh, power. The ability to do something, to make some sort of impact. Yeah, thank you for asking. Yeah. Um, yeah, the ability to act <laughs> in some way. Uh, and actually, like, what happens is, so personally, um, I, I wasn't planning to share this, but like in the midst of much of what Jenny went through, one of the things that I realized that happened to me was I felt, I started to feel powerless with what she was going through. And I mentioned uh, last gathering how that kind of, how I went through a season of kind of withdrawing from people. And that was how I responded to that lack of agency. What was really interesting in that is that what was, what was most beneficial for Jenny was not the withdrawing, but actually to press into intimacy. Say, Jenny, I don't know what to do. I'm gonna keep praying, but I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help you. And I wish I would have done it months sooner because that was my agency, just to be intimate with her, to say, I'm with you in this, no matter what. So this is the Holy Spirit. Like Even when we feel like we can't do anything, Jesus, the Holy Spirit says Jesus is still with you and you do have power. Keep praying and I'm going to intercede for you. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Such a beautiful picture. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I didn't plan on sharing that. Thank you for asking the question. Um, so yeah, I would just invite you to pray. Um, <laughs> if you want to get up and move around, if there's somebody you feel led to pray with, um, go find them. And you're just going to spend the next 10, 15 minutes just praying. Just praying, inviting the Holy Spirit to come and transform us, to give us a picture of Jesus, to grow in our love and our affection for him, to grow in our agency, to be kingdom agents in this world.